Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Well, it wouldn't be an off-season without the Buccaneers having somebody decide to retire again. In this case, not Tom Brady, who unretired after 40 days, but Rob Gronkowski, who actually retired from football, came back to play with Tom Brady, and then, of course, on Tuesday announced that he is, in fact, retiring a second time, um, which, by the way, his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, isn't so sure that this one will stick either. More on that in a minute. I don't know what it is, Steve Bursting. I mean, it seems to me like every time I'm supposed to go on vacation, I'm technically on vacation, somebody with the Buccaneers decides they're not going to work anymore. Well, as I told you before, and the good news is you hadn't got on that plane yet, and you're not on a runway in San Francisco or something trying to good file point. a story or record a podcast at 3 right. in the morning and, you know, East Coast time as you're sitting on the beach in Hawaii. But Right. But, but here's my question. Do we know, did Tom Brady order the code red here? Do we know? Wait, what? <laughs> as, as we tape this, he has not responded yet to Gronkowski's retirement. That's true, and and it would probably behoove him not to respond simply because I think I, I seem to remember when Gronk finally responded to Tom retiring, and then when Tom unretired, he wanted to retract what he had said when Tom retired. Um, these guys never really get too far away from football, and even Drew Rosenhaus and others, uh, his agent, has suggested that you know maybe there's a time uh, – like during the season when Brady calls and says, I need you big guy, you know, uh, and here comes Gronk to save the day, which I, I could totally see. I mean, there's a couple of things. First, first and foremost, I, I think, look, he's done it before. And, and I, I was my information shortly after Brady retired and had not decided to come back yet about two weeks after Brady announced his retirement and that whole fiasco with Schefter and Darlington and all that. Um, I had been told that Gronk was telling people he he was going to retire, that he was waiting about, you know, he was about 10 days from making that announcement before the start of free agency sometime between then and when Brady said goodbye and, and the start of free agency. It never happened because Brady threw a curveball. Brady came back. And I think, you know, Gronk recognizing, well, I don't need to make a decision anyway. I'm a free agent. Uh, there's there's nothing pressing about this. I don't need to go to mandatory minicamp. I don't need to sign. The Bucks were busy trying to re-sign as many players as they could. They had salary cap issues. There were there was no you know they they were leaving the door open right the light on for Jay, for uh, uh, Tom Brady and the door open for Rob Gronkowski. So there was never any you know any urgency for him to make a decision or announce it one way or the other um, because the Bucks proceeded as they needed to, as if maybe he wasn't going to be here. I mean, we'll get into the two tight ends that they drafted. So I think that, you know, just watching him last year, the first year was remarkable to me. Uh, You know, he hadn't played football in a year. That year off, his body was able to heal in as much as anyone's can after the trauma he's put it through, you know, at that time through nine years of the NFL. 
Um, I think we've chronicled, you know, some 18 injuries, a whole bunch of surgeries, including on his back. Uh, you know, and, and then, you know, even though he made it through every game um, in the in the Super Bowl season, the next year, last year, you know, he cracks his ribs, four ribs uh, in against the Rams. And then, you know, that was week two, uh, punctures along, spends a good amount of time trying to come back from that. And it wasn't just the ribs. It was, you know, the back was bothering him. I, mean, I watched him. He looked like an old man. He, he looked like he was reminded why he limped away or walked away from this game the first time. He gutted it out. He came back and he played and played really well. Um, I can remember games against, you know, the Indianapolis Colts where he kind of took the game over. Um, there were several big wins that, that he factored into. And, you know, they fell short, obviously, um, you know, and going back to the Super Bowl. Um, but, but Gronk, you know, like the first time and in talking to his dad, Gordon, uh, Gordy Gronkowski, he didn't believe that, that Gronk was ever going to come back. They, the whole family was shocked that, that Brady got him to Tampa. Of course, the Bucks made the trade uh, with the New England Patriots for his rights uh, for very little compensation and that he agreed to do it. Remember the story Tom Brady has told where he was in New York, uh, where he has an apartment, obviously, and he got a hold of Gronk, who was in New York as well, and his good friend Kevin Durant and said, is there a place where we can throw? And Durant got him into the Brooklyn you know, uh, Nets arena, um, and they went and threw the ball around, and it was like, yeah, you know, um, um, wouldn't it be great if you came back and played? And he kind of, you know, I think, you know, as, as Gordon Gronkowski told me, his dad, Tom talked him into it. He was convinced. Tom was very persuasive, and he talked him into playing again. He never, nobody in the family thought he would. And of course, he wins another ring, and part of it, you know, he's got four Super Bowl rings of his own now, all of them with Tom Brady. Uh, and, and so there was always this possibility that this would not be, you know, a long time thing simply because there's a reason he walked away the first time. Now, he had a ball playing in Tampa, and the whole Tommy and Gronky thing that the Bucks did on social media. Um, you know, that was uniquely Gronk. I mean, the great thing about Gronk is, unlike some players, he's exactly who you see on TV. You know, I always wondered, like, what's this guy like, you know, in real life, like away from the cameras, away? That's who he is. Like, he's Gronk all the time. He never has a bad day. If we could all live our life like that, uh, it would be an amazing world, right? Because he just can't wait for the next thing. You know, he, he, is, he is thoroughly in the moment, and he enjoys life uh, to its fullest. And, and you've seen that if you've been around him or even watched him. What you see on TV, that's really who he is. He's got a great, you know, SI model, uh, fiancé, wife, whatever, uh, you know, and, and his life is great. He's back here in Florida where his mom lives uh, down in, uh, I think, Sarasota. Uh, so, you know, all of this kind of was perfect for him to come to Tampa and rejoin Brady. Um, but I think at the end of the day, and we'll see, you know, if his agent doesn't believe it's going to stick, maybe it's not going to stick. But I think at the end of the day, I don't think he had much more left in his body to give. I really don't. I mean, people don't understand the grind in NFL season, especially now with 17 regular season games, the postseason on top of that. I mean, you could play 21 games before you win a Super Bowl. It's an it's a unbelievable toll when you when you factor in the practices and he's a guy that likes to practice. He doesn't like to be sitting out all the time. Um, you know, he absolutely could still play. I mean, he's that guy. Uh, and and, and this will take a bite out of the Bucks. But 
I'm going to believe him this time, and we'll see. You know, if they get to November, December, and the Bucks have a, uh, some injuries and they need a tight end, I can see Brady calling him up and him yelling, Ma, where's my football pants? You know, I can see him doing that. Um, there's been players do that before. Junior Seau did that at the end of his career um, with the New England Patriots. There's been other guys come back for stretch runs in the postseason. Uh, or Is he going to pull an Eric year. Weddle and come back? Eric the- Weddle, very good comparison, yeah. Absolutely. And and so that that's always going to be, you know, keep his number close, you know, and, and I think, he'll, you know, he'll be all over the country, but I think he maintains a home and will maintain a home here in Florida, certainly be here a lot um, seeing his mom and whatnot. But you never really close the door on Gronk, but, but man, what a Hall of Fame career. And the only, the only downside would be if he doesn't play this year that him and Brady won't go into the Hall of Fame the same time. That was going uh, to be one of my next points. Yeah, we won't get to do the Tommy and Gronky show retiring together. No, Canton. no, and they they deserve to be together in Canton. I don't. I mean, they will be ultimately enshrined. Yeah. Unless, uh, in unless same... Rob doesn't go in first ballot, but right, which is impossible. He's a first ballot player. I mean, there's it's impossible for him not to go in, or or uh, unless they, you know, well, I don't know what they would do. Wave wave the five year rule for him, but <laughs> but essentially now uh, he's going to miss it by at least a year and maybe more. Uh, maybe he comes back and plays next year and Tom continues to play. You know what I mean? They, re, mm-hmm. they rejoin each other in some other city uh, in, in a year from now. And that's the other thing that, that was brought up, that, well, if it's not this year, I could see him coming back a year from now if Brady goes someplace else and he joins him there. So you never really close the book on him. I mean, the guy's an absolute physical freak in, in, in many ways and just you know <clears throat> keeps himself in tremendous shape all the time for Gronk Beach and other other endeavors, but he's got so much off the field that he's good at. Um, you know, despite his persona, like he's really a smart guy, three, five GPA at Arizona in, in uh, business management, um, has a lot of entrepreneurial stuff with his brothers that are all in business together. And so, you know, he'll just build, uh, you know, the Gronk empire as we go along here, you're going to see him on a billion commercials, but, um, definitely a loss, you know, from a football standpoint, and a locker room standpoint. I mean, the other thing is people really enjoyed playing with him. He was a great teammate. You know, he, he kept things loose um, no matter what the situation was, no matter how dire it was. But he loved to work. And he was a practice guy. He practiced really hard. And, you know, you need guys like that, especially with his sort of pedigree and his career to go out there and be tone setters and then – Young players look at that and they go, "Wow, here's a guy in his eleventh year, twelfth year, um, you know, practicing that hard, working that much, and and going out and, and and laying it out on the line on Sundays. Maybe I should follow him, you know." And and so right now the tight end position is one I think they tried to address with with Kate Otten, uh, who they drafted from the University of Washington. He's been injured though, so he missed all of the OTAs and the mandatory minicamp with an ankle that he's recovering from. Obviously, Cam Brate is back, but he is not, you know, an inline blocker like Gronk. He's a guy that can play on third down and is a pass catcher predominantly. Coe Keeft is is someone they got uh, from the University of Minnesota that was an offensive lineman. Uh, now a now a tight end, not a pass catching tight end. Certainly a sort of a road grader blocker type that you can use in two tight end formations. Uh, and then Cody McElroy, who had maybe one of the best camps I've seen since he's been a Buccaneer. Uh, was really, really good, um, you know, sort of in the off season in, in the mandatory minicamp, some of the times that we saw him 
And so he's going to be somebody that's going to be, you know, leaned on to to develop even more as a blocker primarily. He's a good pass catcher, but he has the ability to block, so it's just about technique and things like that. So they have tight ends, they have players, but it's a huge loss just from, you know, uh and you know, all that he was experienced, the championship pedigree, um and in his chemistry with with Brady. I don't think obviously these two guys have I think had more postseason touchdowns than anyone in the NFL. And you know, we saw what Gronk did during that Super Bowl run, two touch two tutties in the Super Bowl uh fifty five. So it it's hard to imagine there's not another player on the planet that Brady has more trust and more chemistry with. Uh, plays that aren't even called, they manage to sort of, you know, street ball it uh, on their own and they get it done like they did in the Super Bowl. So those are all things you can't really um, quantify as far as the loss goes. Um, but I'm happy for him, man. What what an unbelievable career. And I, I was grateful that I got to, got to cover a guy like that and get to see him up close and talk to him and understand what he was all about because it was a hell of a lot of fun. I've got July 31st marked on my calendar. You know, okay. the first week of training camp will be done by about then. Preseason games about a week and a half away. Yeah. And that's 40 days from today. <laughs> so you'll follow the, the TB12 40-day yeah. 40 40 so, diet? I think this is all some kind of crypto Brady brand <laughs> hurts commercial somehow. There's a saying. commercial, right? Like Just like the AT&T one, you know, where yeah. Tom's coming back and it has the bad connection. It's like... You got to go to AT and T, and you know, and yeah, I think it was, it was T-Mobile, but yeah, I think yeah. T-Mobile, yeah. yeah, right, 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 right. T-Mobile commercial where he's he's saying, "I'm going, to, I'm retired, I'm retired." And he's like, "I'm coming out of retirement," and um, and that's then he goes, "And Gronk's coming with me," and that's when he yells for the football pants. So yeah, something like that is is, uh, is possible, um, but it also could be the goodbye because he's mm-hmm. but he look. Does anybody retire anymore, really? Well, I mean, I mean, retirement needs to be retired, if you think about well, it. Well, I remember Michael Jordan, came, the word. Michael Jordan came out of retirement twice. Why can't Gronk? Right. But they need to retire the word retirement because it doesn't mean what it used to mean. You know, it's just a tired word that means not not right now. It means maybe later. Give me, give me a little time. I need to think about it. Um, I'm going to do something else for a while. Because uh, does anybody really retire anymore? Um, one day I hope to. But maybe I won't. One day you just hope to take a vacation. Well, yeah, without somebody else retiring. I mean, that's what happens, right? You go, you, you know, you want to you want to take some time off, and then boom, you know, here it comes somebody somebody uh, uh, decides they're going to hang it up. Last time it was Bruce Arians. I had three days, literally three days in the off season. I decided I'm going to drive my with my son out to Denver. Uh, he was moving out there, and bam, Bruce Arians decides, you know, I'm going to turn it over to. To Todd Bowles. So. I know. I called you, and you're like, what? I yeah, said, you want to record? And you go, why? <laughs> where? What happened? I'm in the middle of Nebraska. No, was it Nebraska? No, it was Kansas. Good Lord. Do you realize how long? I never understood how long Kansas was. Maybe it's just because there's nothing to see out there. Uh, that I, that drive on I-70 through Kansas to, to Colorado, woof. That is a straight line. I mean, you don't have to wobble or anything with the steering wheel. Um, and we had a self-steering car, but... Uh, it is it is a long, long, uh, desolate ride, and there's nothing really to see, and so that's that's when it happened. So I had plenty of time to make phone calls and do stuff. Not that it was behind the wheel, but I let my son drive, and then and got that done. But yeah, it, it's um, uh, it just seems to be a thing, man. When I'm when I'm trying to, every time I leave, they pull me back in, and uh, this is the latest one. But we we were sort of prepared for this the first time. 
Um, we had plenty of, uh, of uh, B-roll written and, and uh, you know, able to roll out a story pretty quickly on this one uh, that Joey Knight did. And you can read it on TampaBay.com. And it's goodbye for now. I think that's what you say. You don't say I'm retired. You just say goodbye for now. And we'll see if he shows up because it's, it is going to put a big burden on those young tight ends, though. Um, they need one of those guys or both to really step up because, um, you know, it's just uh, it's an important position, especially running the football. And, and Gronk was underrated as a, as a run blocker. You know, he was very, very good. He understood technique. Um, you know, he knew the angles. He knew how to block. Um, and he was willing. You know, I remember early in his career here in Tampa Bay, he wasn't seeing any passes at all, wasn't seeing any targets. One game, I think he blocked on 55 uh, you know, uh, plays where he did not uh, receive a target. And, you know, so it was uh, – and he goes, oh, I'm, I'm blocking tight end. That's what I'm here for. Um, and that was the other thing about him. And I think, you know, players could take this away. Here's a guy that has done everything in his career, Pro Bowls, Super Bowls, all of that. He never once, like, was upset that he didn't get the football. And there were a lot of games where they probably needed to get him the ball. He never complained about it. He never said, I need more, I need more pass uh, targets. He never did any of that. Uh, and that was a great example for young players, not just at that position, but all positions, to understand it's a team game and you do your job. You do what you're asked to do and you do it to the best of your ability and you don't complain. Uh, and, and that's what he did uh, when he was here. So now you're officially retiring from this podcast. Well, I'm going to retire now and then I'm going to try to come back in a couple of weeks, in which time you'll probably retire and then maybe we'll both <laughs> unretire together and be back again sometime in july or august i mean that's that's the way it's going actually um, you're going to be back the next two days with some bits we've pre-taped so that's correct we've got some that's mailbag correct. questions and uh some deshaun mm-hmm. watson which was supposed to lead off the podcast yeah today, we'll talk about but, that uh, yeah. we push that back now that gronk retired yeah unless deshaun watson retires and then we're gonna have to retape deshaun watson <laughs> so it just kind of it kind of keeps rolling along i mean that's the thing man the the planet keeps spinning but um if this is if this is farewell for now or goodbye um, again, I, I think he is, well, is he going in the ring of honor? Like we're going to start getting those questions. He is one of the, the greatest players to ever put on a Tampa Bay uniform, bar none. I mean, he's at the very top of the list and, um, his contributions were immense, uh, to the success and the 29 wins they had these last two years in the playoff run and all that. Uh, and it, it's just, like I said, he brought life. Uh, to that locker room, and and that's the void. As much as, as as much as they'll miss him as a player, I think the difficult thing is they're going to need some some new voices to step up, and and also somebody to bring some fun, because it's a grind, man. And and no one gr- no one was more into the grind than he was. He loved playing football and practicing, but he also knew how to lighten the 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 mood and 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 make football fun. And 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 football's not fun, you know. I think. People enjoy the games for three hours on Sunday, and the players enjoy it the most three hours uh, playing on Sunday. Um, but the thing about football from youth league on, it's 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 painful, it's hot, it's sweaty. You're in the trenches with these guys. You're leaning on each other. You're bleeding on each other, uh, and and you do all of it uh, six days during the week for that for that game time experience. You know to pour it all in those three hours, and and then you do it again the next week. You know you overcome all that pain and all that. And, and so it can be a very, uh, it's a very difficult job. You know, when you, you know, guys play from the time they're eight years old, when you get in the NFL, it really is, it really is a, a grueling job and, and you need people to, to keep it fun, uh, and, and, and to enjoy going to work every day. And, 
And Gronk was that guy. He was that guy for everybody. Uh, coaches too. You know, Bruce Arians talks about it all the time. He, he just anytime, anytime he wanted to pick up his spirits, he'd just go around Gronk, and you couldn't help but but feel better about about life. So we'll see. We'll see in forty days. And um, until then, I'm going to attempt to take some time off, and I guess we'll hop back on as soon as somebody else retires. And you know it's going to be training camp soon because it's hot as hell. Um, I've been outside. Uh, you guys probably have too. If you live in Florida, you know what you can't have. You can't have your AC system going to Fritz. Don't suffer this summer with an old AC. Call our friends and experts at Air Rescue. Air Rescue offers superior service at just unbeatable prices. Your air conditioning unit will perform 30% better and last longer just with regular maintenance by Air Rescue. They have an award-winning team that delivers 24 hours a day. In fact, they got emergency service 24-7. You're not going to find that with many companies uh, like Air Rescue. Uh, they have 100% satisfaction guaranteed for the residential installation. They got repairs. They're family-owned. They've been in business over 75 years. Air Rescue also offers, and this is important, 100% financing. These things can get expensive. We know that. They have affordable payments, um, very easy application process, no administration or bank fees or any extra costs with that financing. What else could you ask for? Call Air Rescue at 813-612-5600 or go to airrescueflorida.com. For all your air conditioning needs, it's Air Rescue. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And, of course, we haven't forgot about the very important Game 4, Tampa Bay Lightning hosting the Colorado Avalanche, trying to even that series. They trail two games to one. A little update on the status of Braden Point. What do we expect with him? Point is very doubtful for tonight's game, according to head coach John Cooper. Mm -hmm. Um, He is listed as day-to-day, but very doubtful for this game. Good news on Nikita Kucherov. He does fully expect him to play, although said we'll see today on his yesterday press conference but Kucherov right. expected to play Braden Point very doubtful any chance in it we're doing this podcast full disclosure um you know preparing it for for Wednesday as we talk on a, on a Tuesday afternoon but um any chance that that any suspension or or punishment might be handed down no to, for that in, hit on Kucherov NHL player safety has said they reviewed the hit no supplemental discipline mm. That's not going to please John Cooper. He thought, he thought, look at this level. They know what they're doing with their stick there, and that was a that was a nasty fall by Cooch. And that's the thing; like, it's a war of attrition. You don't want your best players going down, and it seems like Kucherov has been sort of on the receiving end of these sort of things um, throughout his playoff history. And well, um, when you're the most dynamic player on the ice, you are a target. I mean, yeah, they want to hit you. They want to make you uncomfortable. Sure. Now, I don't, you know, I think there's What's a difference. What's that line, though, right? I, th- I think What's there's the a line? difference on that play. I don't think Taze had an intent to injure, but he may have had an intent to hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what you want to, you want to, especially guys that aren't as big. You want to feel you it. You want them to feel it. You want them to yeah. wear down. You want them to be hesitant. 
going mm-hmm. into a corner or coming up the ice. I mean, that's part of sure. the intimidation of hockey. Sure. And, you, you know, that's what, you know, the Lightning tried to do that to the other team's best players, too, although I don't think the Lightning do it quite as much. Uh, I think they try to play their game more than than do that. But there, I mean, you'll see Chernak out there hitting. You'll see, you'll see McDonough. You'll see Pat Maroon. You know, you'll see Andre Palat laying into people. I mean, that's that's part of the game of hockey is that physical aspect of making the other team uncomfortable, making them hesitate that split second going for a puck or going into the boards or entering the zone. That's all part, you know, that split second can mean the difference of scoring a goal or not or getting the puck out or not. You know, that's that's right. what hockey is. I'm wondering, uh, do you have any guesses? And again, we we don't have any announcements with respect to Colorado, but what do they do at the goaltending position? I would guess they stay with Darcy Kemper. But, I mean, Bednar, even after game one, said, you know, he played okay. Mm-hmm. You know, when they, they lost 4-3, to three, or the uh, Avalanche won 4-3 to three in overtime. Right. Um, you know, Kemper played well game two, although, you know, with 16 Only shots takes 14 on him, shots, and, yeah. And I don't think many of them were great shots as it is. So, right. you know, he still hasn't made – he hasn't made an oh-wow save yet. He made some good one game three. Um. But, but they indicated they they kind of indicated that they thought that he gave up some soft goals in. in uh, I thought in the Sorelli one was a bad goal. Game three, um, the Maroon one was a bad goal. Mm-hmm. You know, Stamkos that was just a world class shot right there in the slot. Nobody in front. Yeah, of him. you can't allow him to take that one. The yeah. Palat one. I mean, you know, it was a three on three, but all three defenders went to Cooch and Stamkos and left Palat wide open in front. It was a beautiful play. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, it, it it was a breakdown of their defense. That sure, you know, they had three guys back there, but they, as they crisscrossed, all of them went to Stamkos and Kucherov, who you, you know, would think is the most dangerous, and and they messed up. So they left the net open, and only Kuch, only uh, uh, Vasilevsky could push his way across. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The way he did uh, with his highlight saves the other night. So yeah, it, well, you know, a win tonight guarantees that tonight is not the last game of the season at Amelie Arena. It's a great point. As yeah. you know, Game Five could be the ender if the Avalanche were to win Games Four and Five. So a win tonight right. on home ice, and they've won eight in a row at home. Now they lost the first game to Toronto, Game Three, the first home game of the of the playoffs this year, and they've won eight in a row since. You know, in ice. Colorado, I don't think has lost at home, have they? Uh, no, they have. They've lost two at home. They oh, had they not did. lost oh, on the did. road. They had not lost on oh, the road right. until game three. Until game three. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They had it backwards. They, they lost twice to St. Louis at home in the second can round. You, can you remember, um, of course, they played their first, you know, when they won the Stanley Cup two years ago, it was in a bubble and all that. But it seems to me like Amelie, and much like it was maybe for games one and two in Colorado, the place was rocking. But it seems to me like the, the Lightning, this playoff run has been – like home ice has meant so much to them, you know, mm-hmm. they, they, obviously they feed off the crowd and, you know, it, it, you're in your own beds and all that stuff, but they have really risen to the occasion at home in these playoffs. Like, like I can't remember. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Cause you know, when I think back to the playoffs, I can, I can think of a lot of home losses. Yeah, I do too. Uh, you know, because I went to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, <laughs> I watched them. A, see, they didn't score well, a goal against Washington. Yeah. The, the reason they're winning is you've stayed away this year. So yeah, I know. You know, now I can't you're leaving the town. Tickets. That's even better. So well, I know, but I mean, legitimately, those tickets are really expensive. They and are. And if the box isn't there for my wife, then you know, I'm not going. But yes. whatever. Um, no, I mean, the crowd was fantastic for Game Three, um, and, and you know, even thinking back to last year, I mean, Game One of the Stanley Cup Final last year. Mm-hmm. Was not a sellout. 
because the arena was only allowed to be like 80% full. That's right. Per the NHL. Yeah. I mean, by the time they got to the, you know, game five, it was sold out. But even game one, they weren't letting it sell out yet because of COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is the first time we've had a playoffs where the arena's full. You know, last year it started off at like, I don't remember in the playoffs, maybe it was 50% to start, maybe it was a little less. Yeah. And it gradually crept up throughout the playoffs last year. Of course, two years ago it was in the bubble. There were no fans up in Toronto and right. Edmonton. But right. this is the first playoffs it's been full all year. You know, the whole playoffs run. And the crowd's yeah. been fantastic, and the Lightning have fed off that. You know, last year two. they didn't have that advantage of full buildings. Nobody did last year, but. Yeah. No, it's, it's a great home ice. Two, th- well, a couple things, maybe one thing actually. Well, no, I'll say two. Those noisemakers they hand out at, at Emily, you know, the little things you shake and mm-hmm. rattle back and mm-hmm. forth, and I don't know what they, you know, whether they have a ball on them or what the hell it is, but whatever. Yep. Um, one, they're kind of they're, they're kind of dopey in my opinion, like they're kind of weird noisemakers. Two, can you not throw those on the ice when yeah. the Lightning win? Well, no, this has happened now period. multiple times. Don't right? throw, well, don't throw anything on the ice unless it's a hat after a hat trick. I guess that's tradition, right? Well, I mean, it's tradition, and the players clear the ice so that you can throw the hats on the ice. I mean, they're not exactly. skating around. And, and whether it's the opposing team, if they win a game, don't throw it on the ice. I mean, no, what are you don't throwing throw stuff st- at players for? Right, exactly. It's like, and these things are plastic. Like, they're not going to feel good coming down from the mm-hmm. third level. I mean, you know, this is at least the second or third time I think I've seen Stamkos try to in, in, implore the fans, don't do this. Stop mm-hmm. throwing stuff on the ice. Yep. I, I, maybe they need an announcement before the game or during. Like, I, I don't understand it. And, and I know they're excited because they win. And certainly you don't care if you take these things home or not. But the idea that you would throw something onto the ice where there are players standing there and these things are hurling at them from all directions. It's absurd. It looks it looks bushly. It well, makes Tampa Bay fans look bushly. And you me. do this stuff enough, they're going to want to put nets all the way around the rink. And what good is that? Exactly. I mean, you know. Yeah. Now you're never going to get The players play, are right? playing. Let them play. There's, it should never feel like they're in harm's way or could get hurt by a fan. Right. Ever. Period. I mean, how, how dopey would that be if, like, you took a player out and hit him in the eye or something like that and with one of these damn things? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what damage they could do, but it just, it just, it, 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 it's at least the second or third time I've seen Stamkos have to tell people to stop throwing these things. And I just, I can't imagine where you get to the point where you think this is okay. Hey, I'm excited they won. Let's go ahead and toss this plastic noisemaker onto the ice. Like, no, like, don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, that's why baseball's. Baseball stadiums don't give out baseballs anymore. Baseball night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because they would all get thrown on the field. Right. And they did. Mm-hmm. You know, they're getting pelted with balls. I mean, it's bad enough you see the occasional beer bottle come out of the store, whatever it is. I guess they don't give them bottles anymore. But, um, you know, same thing with you don't see bat night at the stadium mm-hmm. anymore. They, or if they do, they do, you get it on the way out, not the way you in. get it on the way out. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. And start whacking people with the thing. Anyway, it's crazy. Well, we had a couple of mailbag questions. We'll do our mailbag uh, segment tomorrow as well on on some other subjects, but we got some some lightning questions, I guess. Yeah, we'll start with uh, Michael, who says, Rick, can you please bring to light the fact that Alex Kalorn has ghosted this entire playoff series? He's not 0 for 20, and people give him the excuse, well, he's playing defense against the other team's best line. LOL. He's not good enough to be an alternate captain on this team. Well, I disagree. He's earned the A. I mean, first of all, his teammates select that, not you. Um, so, you know, he's been a leader. Uh, he's been one of their better postseason players in, throughout his career. 
where were you the last two uh, postseasons when Alex Kalorn was scoring goals? Um, I, I think there's something to the fact that he is on a, uh, on a line that is supposed to check, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the best of the other, of the other team. There, there's a lot of energy uh, involved with that. And look, I thought, I thought he put himself in some good positions uh, in game three, um, you know, to help out and to possibly score at times. You could go down the roster and say, how come this guy hasn't scored more? How come this guy hasn't? They've gotten scoring. You want your best players to carry you if they can. You want mm-hmm. you want Stamkos and you want, um, you know, Nikita Kucherov and, and, and those kind of guys to, to be the ones that sort of lead the charge. But they've gotten secondary scoring from other players too. Um, six you know, goals from six different goal. players on Monday night. Yeah, and, and so I would take the balance over – you know, and it, it's just so easy to pick out one guy and say, "Well, he hasn't scored. What's what the hell's wrong with him? Nothing's wrong with his game. He's playing as hard and as fast and as physical, and he's doing his job. More importantly, he's doing what he's asked to do. Um, you know, they all want to do more. Look, when you get 14 shots in a game, uh, Kucherov went the whole game without a shot. How does that happen? Not right? even let's, just let's, a shot on goal, a shot attempt, a shot attempt. So if Kucherov, who is one of the best offensive players in the world, um, can go an entire game and not attempt a shot on the net. Um, you can give Alex Kalorn a pass for not having in, you know any goals um, because nobody scored in that seven to nothing game. So I would just say this: it's not over. He may end up with the biggest goal, you know, mm-hmm. of of the of the entire season. It might be the game winner. I mean, remember Ross Colton last year mm-hmm. came up with a pretty big one in the in game seven, wasn't it? Yes. Um, you know, so or game five in the game, game five. I'm sorry, yeah. against Montreal, he got he had the game winner, I think, in that. So you never know who's going to be that guy, but it it won't be for a lack of knowing how to play the game. I mean, Kalorn is is one of the OGs, man. Like he, we talked about the Ring of Honor. If they had a Ring of Honor, uh, if they wanted to retire some jerseys, who are some of the guys that aren't the obvious ones? Kalorn's on that list. You know, he's been an assistant captain for a long time. And sorry, you don't get to choose that. That's chosen by guys who know who the leaders are on the team in in the room as well as on the ice. And that's been Alex Kalorn for a long time. So I'm going to defend. And did you know he's from Harvard, by the way? What? Yeah. I swear to God. Are you kidding me? I had no mm-hmm. idea. No, it's been a secret all this time. Yeah. But, I'll, I'll, you know, Alex Kalorn's role this season, particularly this postseason, is very different than it's been in the past. Mm-hmm. He, we, last year the shutdown line was Gord Gaudreau Coleman. Actually, the last two postseasons. Yep, sure was. You know, he's on a line now with Sorelli and Hagel. Who, neither one of those two are scoring a lot. Sorelli did get a goal on Monday night, and and Hagel's taking the bullet for that too. Like mm-hmm. Hagel's mm-hmm. Accept, accepting his role as well. Hagel Hagel had twenty goals during the regular, or you know, before he even mm-hmm. got here with with Chicago. I mean, that line's job is to keep the pressure on the McKinnon line or it was the Zabinijad line, or the Barkov line, or the Matthews line. And that's yeah. what they've done all postseason. I mean, what does Nathan McKinnon have in this postseason, in this series? A couple right. assists. Right. You know, he's been dangerous at times, but he's not scoring, and that's their best player. Sure. You know, I mean, that's what their job is to do. And, and I realize in the past he scored lots of goals. In the regular season he scored a lot of goals this year. But his role has changed on this team right now. And what they need is a shutdown line. And they figured out that the best one they have is Sorelli, Kalorn, and Hagel. Yeah. You know, would, would Kalorn like to play on a different line and potentially score a lot of goals? I'm sure he would. But more importantly, it's about winning a cup. And so That's know, right. he's doing what's best for the team at this point. 
And and you know, does he like not scoring your goals? I'm sure he doesn't. But that's part of what makes you an assistant captain is doing whatever it takes to help your team win. And that's yeah, why absolutely. his teammates and he's been an alternate captain for years on this team. It's not like yeah. they just did it this year. No. I mean, you know, he's he is one of their leaders in that room. And he's he's showing you he'll do whatever it takes to to win a cup. I mean, last year he tried to play on a, a broken leg with a rod in his leg. Right. You know, right. To come back and play in the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> right. I mean, fractured leg. Yeah. I mean, they don't Listen, if if it was about scoring, then only the guys that score would be captains and assistant captains, right? I mean, that's it's, it's not about goals. Um, it's nice to score goals. They all want to do that. They want to put other people in position to score them too. Um, but if that's what it was, uh, then you you would you know you'd never see anybody else with that honor. And you know, Kalorn has been a leader on the on this team and this franchise for some time, and he's earned it. And he's also. Not for nothing, my daughter's favorite player because his name is Alex, like hers. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. get off Kalorn, buddy. All right, Ernie had uh, emailed you this question. He says, has anyone ever lost 7-0 in a Stanley Cup final game or even lost by 7 any score? You know, I decided to do the smart thing when I saw this question, and I went right to the person that I knew would have the information, and that is you. Yes, well, in 1991, the Pittsburgh Penguins beat the Minnesota North Stars 8 nothing in a Stanley Cup mm. final game. 7 nothing was done one other time back in 1919. You remember this game with the Seattle Metropolitans over the Canadians, 7 nothing. Absolutely. Uh, but that eight-goal deficit is the largest in a Stanley Cup final game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seven-goal deficit has been done five times now. So the Lightning at 7 nothing is one of five uh, games that have had a seven-goal differential in the Stanley Cup final. So the other ones, the Bruins over the Canucks, 8-1 in 2011. Avalanche did it to the Panthers in 96, 8-1. We talked about the Metropolitans and Canadians. And then in 1918, you remember this one, the Vancouver Millionaires beat the Arenas 8-1. Now, here's a question that you probably don't have the answer for, but I'm curious about it because we'll see what happens. But I wonder how many of those teams that lost 7 to nothing or thereabouts actually won the Stanley Cup. Let me think here. the The Bruins won eight to one. They won. I'm sure. I'm sure the Canadians the won. Penguins right won Seattle. that. Um, the Avalanche beat the Panthers in in '96. I couldn't tell you about the Metropolitan Millionaires. You were around back then. You could have mm, answered that. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. No, let me let me do a. Quick I would search. imagine the Canadians beat Seattle though, because the Canadians were winning every year back in the early 1900s or whatever it was. Let's see, in 1918. <laughs> I can't believe we're doing this. The, uh, let's see. Toronto, the Toronto Arenas won that team over the Millionaires, even though they lost 8-1. to one. Well, there you go. So Toronto won that series, uh, looks like, three games to two. So it can be done. So it was a best of five, I believe, back then. Right, right. Yeah, no, that, was, that was game done. four to tie the series 2-2. Two, two. Vancouver won 8-1, to one, and then Toronto won. bounce back. Two to one. Yeah. What a bounce back. Yeah, yeah, I only gave up one goal after giving up eight. So there you go. So let's see. What, let's check out the 1919 final here. Uh, the series was stopped at 2-2-1. Two, two, and one. I don't think they awarded the cup that year. Ugh. I don't know why Gosh, it was darn. stopped. Was it a war? <laughs> I don't know. Could have been anything. Yeah, World War One would have been over by then. So I don't know. Yeah, that's not true. Sure. I'm not sure. Huh. I'll have to read up on that. But Well... The Tampa Bay Lightning are trying to turn the tables on them. I mean, they put up a six-burger, which I always thought pretty good. You know, it would have been sort of serendipitous if they had hung seven on them. I'm sure they would have enjoyed that. But, 
you know, getting six back yeah. after giving up a seven pack the week the, the game before. That was that's a pretty good bounce back right there. Now I probably wasn't supposed to read this one since Jeff had tweeted this on uh, I believe Monday night or Tuesday morning. He mm-hmm. says only read after Wednesday because I assume this will be a relevant question by then. He's a big mm-hmm. fan of yours, Rick. How do you oh, think good. the Lightning will retool next year after the Avs sweep? <laughs> well, uh, I guess we'll never know. Uh, that's the 100% correct answer is now we'll never know. And I never – listen, I didn't call for a sweep. I didn't think they were going to be swept. I, and I still say if they come back, it will be one of the more r- miraculous comebacks because I still think that the Avalanche are, are by far the best team they played in the finals over this three consecutive appearances. And – and I think it's going to be really hard to win a game in Colorado. I do. Um, now, they might have two shots at it, which is a good thing if you're the Lightning, um, if they can you know, tie up the series and, and extend it. But, um, yeah, I, I just I, – we don't have to worry about that. Retool I, – I go back to rebuild. Um, reload, I should say. They're not going to retool. I mean – Listen, there are players that are getting older. We talked about how they're going to have decisions to make um, you know, with a lot of their key players, Andre Palat being one. They've done that in the past. They did it going into this year. They did it going into last year. Um, some players they're going to want to resign, like Nick Paul. Um, so there's always changes, right? No, no team is the same. The core might stay the same. Steven Stamkos isn't getting any younger, although he's coming off his best um, you know, season in, a, in, in such a long time because he managed to stay healthy and play all the games, knock on wood. I mean, that that's a remarkable feat in and of itself. And yeah, I think he's taken his game to another level because he's not merely asked to score. He's, he's asked to do a lot of things, including face-offs and, um, you know, facilitate other other things on the ice. But but overall, um, there's always going to be, you know, you're, 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 look at the Lightning's, I would say this, look at the Lightning's farm system. Look at what they get from Syracuse when those guys come up here. Look at the contributions guys like Ross Colton and others have made when they finally make it here. Um, they're a great organization, and they're going to draft well, and they're going to, you know, make trades and deals that they need to make. And, and I get complete faith now in Julian Brisebois, who, you know, has been on point for a couple of years now uh, with getting his team to the Stanley Cup Finals. So why would you doubt him? Um, they're going to find a way and, and whatever it is they need, if that's, you know, defense scoring, uh, size or, you know, whatever it is, they're going to, they're going to find a way to get it. All right. Thanks for those questions. We got more mailbag questions, of course, uh, an extended version, uh, tomorrow. Also, we'll, uh, recap game four, Tampa Bay lightning against Colorado avalanche at Emily arena. That's going to be something to look forward to. And the Rays wrap up their series what's left of the Rays anyway. They wrap up their series against the New York Yankees. So we'll have all of that for you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 